Hello and welcome to Sober Town. Let's get on that Sober train and ride, ride into the wonderful world of sobriety. Hi, I'm Karina and I'm here today with um, 10 Seconds at a Time um, doing a follow-up following her interview with Drifter. Hi, Tim. Hi, Karina. It's lovely to see you. It's great to see you too. I love this technology. We can see each other from thousands of miles away. Yeah, it's like you're just right next to me, but you're actually like halfway across the world. It's pretty neat. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we're just sitting having a chat with our couples. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, it's been a few weeks now, actually, isn't it, since you spoke to Drifter? Yeah, story. I think it was the beginning of May at some point. I don't remember the exact day, but it's been probably about a month now. Yeah, since yeah. I've done that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, and how did you feel after it? Um, I went through kind of a an amalgam of emotions in a very short amount of time. <laughs> uh, like the first day, like right after, actually literally just after I finished talking to him, I just felt kind of like numb, like just like empty, you know, because I had just sat there and essentially poured my entire life story to this person. And I knew that it was going to be posted and, you know, other people were going to listen to it. So, I mean... On all of these podcasts too, like I'd, I'd listen to everyone's up until I did mine and people get like really personal. Like it's, it's stuff that you probably wouldn't have even told some of your family members, like even your close friends, you know? And so I was just like, I had this moment, like, did I just do that? <laughs> like, what did I just do? But it, it felt like really freeing, you know, it's, I, I, I've never been skydiving before it's on my list of things I want to do but I would imagine it's kind of like that where you're like oh my god I just did that and that was amazing and like you get this rush from it um I I also being my perfectionist self that I also like second guess myself and I I went back and I started to really want to listen to it to kind of like nitpick it so I could feel good about it or like if I ever talk to people in in the future I wanted to know what I did bad so I could not do that next time and so like I started to listen to it right when he posted it which was like maybe two days later he didn't he got it up really quickly and um I like I freaked out at first I only got like five minutes in and I'm like this is too weird (laughs) like I can't it's just weird hearing yourself talk you know you're like I sound like that like that's me I don't it's really strange but um, I eventually over the course of like three weeks, like in very small doses, made it through the whole thing, like listening to it. It was just kind of a, a, a weird thing that I had to reevaluate about myself. And like sobriety very much to me right now is it's what I live and breathe. And so, you know, it, I I mean, it made sense that I wanted to get analytical about it because I've been very analytical about my sobriety, basically. And I I wanted just to know what parts I said that I I liked and that I could improve on. Because anytime I've had a reset or like anytime I see other people who've had resets or um, just, just any general advice that I hear from people, I'm like, oh yeah, like how can I apply that critically to my own life and and my own actions from now on. Like I want to be able to put my knowledge into a practical use, like where I know that it can affect my decisions in the future. So in that respect, it was really cool to get to reflect on like my own journey that way and my own decisions in my own life. And um, 
yeah it's it's been really it's been really amazing since then Mm. for sure yeah yeah and I I think like you know when we stop drinking um we're kind of stripped bare aren't we and stripped raw and um and then we sort of all these things are uncovered that we've been burying and then we tell our story and it's kind of like a stripping bare and raw again but there's a freedom with that as as Mm -hmm. you said um is there anything that you didn't say that you wanted to say or that you want to add now um kind of uh I I'm kind of was glad that I didn't say this but at the same time I kind of wished I would have so I'm still a little undecided about how I feel about it but um I know it it there's a lot of people who can relate like higher power and faith to their journey um and everyone approaches that from like their own unique angle like some people have grown up with a faith other people have like found one in sobriety you know um some people kind of reject the idea of a higher power entirely and it's i'm not saying there's like one right way to do it like it's really honestly based on your individual journey in your life um i i had a really unexpected and weird like turn of events in terms of like me finding a higher power and me finding a faith that I didn't really get into because a mainly it's like its own like two hour long podcast (laughs) if I wanted to be thorough about it but uh b I guess I just didn't want to come across as like you know controversial or anything like that I wanted it to be mainly about like my sober story um but I really honestly can't tell the full thing without relating to how I found a higher power too because um I mentioned briefly in the story that like as I grew up and in my young well I am technically still in young adulthood but like my younger adulthood (laughs) um I was pretty secular like I I kind of followed the atheist agnostic crowd I I was you know I I had a science education I I was very much of the mind that like science and faith cannot intermingle like you either believe in science or you have faith like it's they're two separate things but um I eventually started to find a really happy like meshing of those two things um and the most ironic part was you know like most of my my podcast was chronicling my toxic relationships with men as you also did in your podcast too um and one I left out was was a guy that I dated for a while who was Catholic and I kind of almost was hoping because he was that that would kind of give him a sense of like kindness and morals and stuff that that didn't happen at all he ended up cheating on me but that's beside the point but um I got kind of involved in him and his faith because he was very you know very all about it and I was like that's just so interesting like I had no idea about anything what it meant to like to be Catholic or to to be Christian for that matter and like just slowly over like the last two years I started just looking into like different churches and different practices and in February of last year I ended up Uh, joining the catholic church and i it's not something that i talk about because i know the word like christian and catholic in and of itself can spur a lot of emotions in people and because i was i used to be like that um i i very much was kind of fearing judgment from anyone who like associated with the word christian and so i didn't i didn't want to but really like forming that relationship 
with my own version of God and my own version of higher power was really crucial to me loving myself um, and understanding what it means to be loved correctly (laughs) and Mm -hmm. what it means to be loved in a way that only benefits me, you know, like, because the way that I found my higher power was, it's like the ultimate source of love and it will never do you wrong. And you can turn to it at pretty much any time in your life and just kind of recenter yourself in that love. And you will, you will grow as a person. Um, my, my brother, well, he's my brother, but he's my cousin, but I call him my brother because he's more like my brother, but he, um, he says it's like, like the best drug you can do. It's like the only drug that you can do that will make you a better person is, is believing in this love. And, um, once I found that, like I found, and I understood how to love myself and how to, you know, practice love correctly. That was really the foundation for me learning why I needed to get sober and how I could get sober because everything kind of started with me loving myself first and knowing that I deserved better than the constant cycle of being drunk and hungover and depressed all the time. And um, I ended up finding that through, through finding faith personally but like I said everyone's journey is different and that's just one thing I wanted to add so yeah and, and I think faith for anyone is, is what's in our hearts isn't it what's in here mm-hmm. and what, what we interpret things to mean to us and we have to make this journey our own because it is our journey it isn't anybody else's journey mm-hmm. um it's great to connect and have support and you know the guidance that we'll have but but at the end of the day only we can do this and only we can take it in the direction that we want to take it in and it's finding any resource I think that that helps um helps us and um and you know listening to your story um or your life really but your saber journey um you didn't have a very good life sort of previously with with men or with love did you and that was a really key thing from listening to your your podcast was about you know with with your your later relationships making sure it was right and to make yeah. most free hoops to ensure that you were getting what you deserve to get which is a wonderful thing yeah yeah it it I have um this this quote that sticks in my head there's this Netflix series that I got really obsessed with when it came out called the OA um it's a Netflix original and there's a quote from it where the main character she's really naive she's like just entering into the world after like being hidden away for a while um and she says something to the effect of like I thought if I cast a net or I thought if I cast a beautiful net, I would only catch beautiful things. And I think that's very much how I approached life when I was younger. Like I thought if I just went into every situation with good intentions, then I would only get that back to me. And Mm -hmm. that's, (laughs) that's very naive saying that out loud now, but like, I just, I genuinely thought that about like relationships, about friendships, about everything. I'm like, well, if I just do what I think is right, then you know, I'm putting that good energy into something. So I'm going to get that back from you then. Like, that's how that works, you know, but that's, (laughs) there's so much more like nuanced layers to that, like entirely, but, um, but yeah, but, and all of that comes from too, just understanding how to like have boundaries and, um, and when someone 
crosses them and when I cross them for someone else, just to know when to apologize and when to, when to stick up for yourself too. That's a hard one that I feel like a lot of people have trouble with too. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm with you on that. I mean, I'm a real rose-tinted and glasses girl, you know. I always looked at the world through rose-tinted glasses, mm-hmm. always gave everybody the benefit of the doubt, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, if if it was sort of lax and, and, and you know, I was trying to see or t- starting to see the black in, in people and those rose-tinted glasses coming off, I'd drink because I didn't mm-hmm. like that. Um, and you stop drinking and boy do those rose tinted glasses have to come off (laughs) yeah yeah because alcohol is very good at like just making you okay with pretty much everything you're like this is fine I'll just get some alcohol in me and all these situations where I'm uncomfortable don't have to be uncomfortable anymore so you know it's I've kind of been trying to frame sobriety in that respect too because you know, we're not used to being uncomfortable when we drink all the time, because as soon as we're uncomfortable, it means we need to drink more. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so uh, that that ability to be okay with going outside of your comfort zone gets kind of lost, you know, and um, it, it's been really interesting finding that all over again, and knowing when to push myself and when to kind of say okay I've had enough like I feel like Mm -hmm. I'm figuring that out every day now because I don't want to like push myself in doing new things too much to where I get like anxious and burnt out and panicky but at the same time I don't want to like stagnate and just kind of be lazy and do the same things I've always done so it's hard to you know find a a good balance between those two things I think yeah 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 and I think it's about pacing isn't it and pacing the physical the emotional the spiritual everything trying to get it all paced together so as you say you don't don't get burnout too quickly because sobriety is is a job it's it's hard work isn't it we have to work at it we really do but one of the things that struck me from your podcast and there's lots of things that was left with but um just one of the things that's still there in in the back of my head was when um one of your bosses said to you what whatever you do wherever you go in life you're going to succeed or be make a success or something like that Mm -hmm. and um that really really struck me and um you know that that is true because here you are now you know you're working hard um at a lot of things but including your sobriety and um making a success and and I know one of the things you wanted to talk about today was about transitions and mm-hmm. um and transitions in sobriety and um just yeah if you want to just take it forward about you know is it transitions that you've been through you want to talk about or what you're going through or just generally yeah it it helps me to kind of divide things up into smaller manageable chunks um like in the beginning I feel like you're you're in this this mindset where you just you're essentially in survival mode. Like for I would argue for probably the first like 30 days or so, I feel like that that mode that you stay in for the first 30 days while you're undoing, you know, your habits and you're learning new habits, like you're you're fighting like really fiercely in those first days and it's I remember feeling very kind of like entering into like the two and three month period just kind of like exhausted (laughs) from from the first you know from all that work I did for the first 30 days or so and um there you know it's easy to get kind of 
disenchanted with yourself when you're constantly reading people who are ahead of you and like how good they're doing and how good they feel and and people on online too they tend to only post things about like their successes like I I very much try and be nitty-gritty about all the bad shit too (laughs) because I I wish I wish I had heard more of that you know I feel like that's when you really can understand people and understand how you relate to them when you know what they're going through like the bad stuff and um there's a lot of really hard things that go on and so like I I guess the way like talking about transitions is kind of my way of putting like a you know like a period like an ending on each area that I've been in so far and saying okay I did that and that was different from this but also the same as this in these regards so I can kind of just compound on everything as time goes on because it, it I don't know like I, I like having kind of a not an end goal but just just like a foundation that I can look at and and just say like I've done this so far and uh like I'm about to hit seven months and I feel like there's kind of a common transition point around like the six and seven month period where some people hit like a wall. And from what I can gather, it's, it seems to be because like, you've been doing this for a long, relatively long time. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's not very long given that we've been drinking for many, many years, but um, like, it's not new anymore. It's not, like exciting anymore you know it's you don't wake up and you're like oh yeah like I get to do all this stuff and not feel like shit today I mean that is still true but you're you're not like living in that excitable state about it it's just more of like a calm collected like all right I'm doing this and so so I I guess it would just be worthy to note probably that if if one of those things goes away and you feel yourself transitioning and, and like something's wearing off or you're feeling something new, like it's okay. I just, just want to stress that like change is okay and expected because we tend to kind of, if you're like me anyway, and you're a perfectionist, you tend to kind of doubt yourself the moment something is new and you don't know how to handle it. And you're like, what's this? So, but there's stages to everything, just like in life, just like in friendships and relationships and you know, in learning things, if you're learning a new sport, you're going to have stages of, you know, sucking at it for a while, and then you're going to practice and you're going to get good. And, you know, you have, you can't get complacent either, which is another thing that can happen. Um, but yeah, I, that's just something I thought would be important to talk about, just so people know that they're not alone, you know? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it kind of comes in waves, doesn't it? And goes up up and down and I, I think it's different for for everybody sort of as I said earlier it, it is our own journey and um and there's going to be stuff that goes on as well isn't there around us that might you know affect those transitions as well but um but I know somebody just recently had a sober birthday mm-hmm. you did <laughs> you did you did didn't you yes yeah. the sober birthday so yeah, tell us about that how was that yeah, that was really good. Um, I I spent most of the day just kind of in awe because I was just constantly comparing it to the year before and just like how absolutely different it was, like completely. And um, my my mom was 
wanting to take me shopping. That was her birthday present to me because I'm the kind of person that like, I don't really care about like fashion or clothes at all. So most of the clothes in my wardrobe are like several years, if not five to 10 years old. (laughs) And I maybe go shopping for myself like once a year, if, if I'm feeling lucky, I just don't really like treating myself in that way, but she's like kind of the opposite. Like she loves, you know, clothes and feeling good about her appearance and putting on you know nice stuff and so she's like we're gonna go shopping and that's what we did we went shopping she took me shopping and I and one thing that I was really excited about and I didn't even know that I was excited about it until I was doing it was I got a new purse and that's that's kind of a small thing but it's a big thing for me because up until I got this new purse that I have now on my birthday I had to have a purse that was big enough to hold an entire bottle of wine because I would often put a bottle of wine in my purse and hide it and then take it into places. So I would always have wine on me. And like, that was, everyone would joke about how big my purse was, you know, they're like, what you got in there your whole life? And, you know, I'm like, oh yeah, I do. But I also have room for wine if this situation I'm in gets uncomfortable. And so I didn't even think about that until she's like, oh, yeah, look at all these purses over here. And I'm like, oh, I can get like a normal size, (laughs) normal purse this time. This is awesome. So I got a new purse and it was like I went I went back to her house, my parents house after we were done. And I was just sitting there putting all my old stuff into my new purse. And it was just this small little thing, but it was like extremely cathartic. Like I was like leaving behind like a part of my life on in that like five minutes on the couch (laughs) that I was just transferring all my stuff so that was unexpected and yeah that was really nice (laughs) that's quite metaphoric for for the transition isn't it really Uh I didn't know that story this is off the cuff and um Mm -hmm. and yeah that is really sort of transitioning from one you know from the old bags you know they they say about us women doesn't you carry our life in our handbags and uh (laughs) You know, so, you know, so you've got rid of that, that bag, you've got a new, yeah, or purse as you call them. So we call them handbags. Our, our purses over here are our wallets, what you call oh, wallets. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, so, um, wow, that, 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 that's a great story. And I can see the smile on your face as you were telling it as well. And just, yeah, um, yeah. I just <laughs> happened to think of it when we were shopping and it was also doubly cool because like for at least for the past, like three or four years since, I got like really bad in my drinking and I gained a lot of weight from all like, well, A, just the excess calories and alcohol and B, like when you get drunk, you get hungry. And, you know, I always would just eat way too much and I gained so much weight over the last three or four years. And um, I hadn't actually known the size of like clothing I am now. I <laughs> I didn't know because I've, I've lost since January of this year, I've lost 26 pounds. Um, And, um, I haven't, I haven't gone shopping since then. And so I knew that like my clothes were fitting differently and like, obviously I could, like, I could see a difference, but it, it's nice to have like a, a number and like a size associated (laughs) with your weight loss and stuff too. So, um, I, I tried on several different sizes of jeans. I tried on the ones that I, I used to be and they were like falling off me. That was that was amazing. And so I kind of had hoped that they would be, but you know, like when you have a pair of jeans for a long time, they get worn in and they get stretched out. So just because they're a certain size, 
doesn't mean that they're really that size like a brand new pair mm-hmm. of jeans is not going to fit the same <laughs> as like one that you've worn in for several years so I'm like maybe it's not that big a deal like maybe I haven't you know lost that much or I don't look that different but no like it was noticeable which was really encouraging and even the size that I, I am now like I probably within a few months it, with my current rate of weight loss I'm probably going to have to go down another one because the size is still kind of big and I was like whoa that's incredible so that was that was a really neat mood booster too um was that and and the cherry on top was that I spent most of the day with my parents and they were the ones last year like you heard on the podcast that I kind of screwed up the entire day because they were taking me to lunch and I showed up to it with like five shots of whiskey in my system and it was already like 11 a.m. and I was clearly drunk and I had driven myself there and they were not happy. They like barely let me drive home. They threatened to call the police on me, you know, and I was like, I kind of didn't talk to them for a while after that. And uh, yeah, so they were they were like celebrating just as much as I was, honestly. Um, my family's not a big shower of emotions but just like little things here and there that they do and like little things they say like like obviously they're like thrilled that I'm not doing that to myself anymore which is really cool too (laughs) that's amazing amazing birthday all around then for everybody involved Mm -hmm. and um and and earlier when you were talking about sort of you know coming up to seven months that's six to seven months and it made me think of a lot of my friends over there refer to Wednesday as hump day and now I don't know why but I just assume that's because it's neither the beginning of the week or the end and it's sort of somewhere in the middle of the work week is that right I don't know (laughs) I guess Um, so yeah (laughs) yeah so when you were saying about that, I was thinking, yeah, six months, it's like, yeah, you've got to half a year. And then it can be kind of, oh, okay. Now it seems quite a long way away to the year then from there, doesn't it? And um, mm-hmm. But it sounds as though sort of there's been some, some good transitions, some good, real good of leaving the first half of the year behind and moving, moving forwards into the second half of the year now. Is that, that how you feel that you are for moving forwards? Or? Very much so, yeah. Um, I, I realized around the 90 day, three month mark for myself, and I know everyone's different, but that was, that was the transition time for me where just staying sober was not enough of an achievement. I mean, it is, but I needed something else to strive for on top of that because I felt like I was kind of stagnating. And so that's when I started to get serious about like my weight loss and um, just improving my overall health and stuff. And so I've been doing that now for, you know, six months and I want to just keep compounding on that. Like I've always had this more or less fantasy in my head ever since I was a young girl. Um, I, I always just really admired like women who were just like muscular. Like, I just think that's an amazing body type for a woman. And I just, every time I see like a woman athlete, I'm just like, that's so awesome. Like, I want to look like that, like, you know, and so it seems like, as I'm going on, like, you know, I actually am starting to maybe be able to achieve that if I just keep doing what I'm doing. Um, It was so much of an insurmountable task for so long that it was, it was just something that I knew would never happen. I'm like, you know, it's a good thought, but I'm never going to do it. So, but it's actually becoming something that I might make you know make a realistic goal and it'll just involve a lot more like discipline a lot more 
you know, motivation. And I, I have a really awesome group of, um, of sober friends who are also really into like fitness and they're like light years <laughs> ahead of me. <laughs> like a, a few of them are like legitimate, like athletes and stuff. And I'm just like always amazed. Um, so they're, they're giving me a lot of motivation, which is nice. So, um, yeah, that's just, that's what I want to keep doing. I want to make myself like the healthiest version of myself as I enter into my mid thirties. And like, by the time I'm 40, I want to be like, damn, <laughs> like, I want to be like, she's 40. Like she could kick my ass. Like I want to look like that. So then that's six years from now. So I got no seven. I can't remember how old I am. I just turned 33, seven years. Yes. <laughs> seven years from now. So I got plenty of time. So I'm just going to keep working on it. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. And you know, it's good to have goals, isn't it? And, and your world, the world is your oyster now and exercise is great for all the good feel good chemicals that we were numbing for so long. So, mm. so let's take a break now, grab ourselves another cuppa. And then perhaps if we come back and we could just look at, you know, other things and ideas that you had of not stagnating that will help other people to keep, you know, when they get that ugh, feeling mm. and get a bit mm -hmm. stuck just to help them keep moving forward. So, okay. Sure. Lovely. I'll see you in a bit. Alrighty. And um, we're back. Hi. Um, hi. So we just finished, we were just talking about sort of transitions and stagnating and um, some ideas about, you know, getting out of that stagnation and ways to work towards and um, fitness and losing weight has been something for you, isn't it, that we've, we've mm -hmm. talked about. Um, is, is there anything else at all that, that you've been working on to keep you moving forwards? Um, I've honestly just been revisiting all the things that I used to like like as a kid or even before I started drinking because you know you kind of lose your ability to enjoy stuff like when you're in the drinking cycle and I'll just just little things here and there like I'll be like oh yeah I used to really enjoy doing that or I used to really like this show or I used to you know, and so I, I cook a lot more now. Um, cooking is a big thing. It kind of goes hand in hand with the fitness and the losing weight for me, just so I have a lot more control over like what I'm eating and, um, you know, how, how I can feed myself. And I, but I've been trying, like I got an air fryer and that was, that's been a game changer. I don't know if you have an air fryer, but I highly recommend them if you want to invest in one. Um, but just, just things here and there, like, I'll just be like, what do I want to try cooking today. So I'll go find a recipe online for something that, you know, I might've eaten once or twice and never knew how it was made. Um, just, yeah, just stuff like that. And, um, I, with some of the money I've saved by being sober, I, I just went and got new furniture. I don't have it yet, but I'm, it's being delivered in a few weeks. So I'm like reorganizing my living space, just to kind of reflect my new life now, you know, um, not that there's anything wrong with keeping it like it was, but just since so much in my life is changing, I kind of want to just adjust my, my house to kind of go with that, just to feel like a fresh start and that kind of thing. Um, and I also, uh, I transformed my bathroom into kind of like a miniature spa. <laughs> like I have like a, like a mood lamp in there now and I have like an incense burner. And um, I went and I got like a brand new, like fancy cloth shower curtain and like a nice rug. And like, I wanted just to turn my bathroom into a space where I can just let all of my stress out, you know? Cause I, 
I, it was okay before, but I, I wanted to make it like special, you know, not mm-hmm. just a bathroom, like, like I upped the, the level of it a little bit. And so I did like a shopping spree at Bed Bath & Beyond one day and just, just went and got a whole bunch of stuff and, you know, just, just kind of treating myself in small ways constantly. Um, that's, that's helped me. I, I also try and anytime I go somewhere now or anytime like I'd make a trip to somewhere I don't usually go. I try and get like a sober token. That's what I call it in my head anyway. And I know you have your bracelet um, with your your charms on it too. So it's kind of like that, but uh, it's really cool to see the things add up. Like it's like a physical reminder of it. So I have like, I've been to like five or six different beaches now since I've been sober. And so I get shells from each one. And so I have like a collection of seashells now. And um, I have a lot of bumper stickers on my car. I put bumper stickers there. And so anytime I go to a new place that has stickers, I put one on there. And um, yeah, just little things to kind of remind myself of my cool new life that I couldn't really have unless I were sober. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing, isn't it? Because there there is a big wide world out there outside Mm -hmm. of our insta sort of self-isolating drinking life. Um, and it doesn't cost a lot and we don't have to go far but you know I I enjoy just even sitting in my lounge in my garden listening to the birds looking at the birds and the bird feeders you know they've always been there Mm -hmm. I've just never Mm -hmm. heard or seen them before because you know the drink was far more important and um, and it's it's kind of sad because it's um, some people have said that when I smile now it's a bit like I can see the little girl in me again and I, we are just sitting here smiling this I mean people can't see us listening but we are just gleaming you know and beaming uh-huh. from ear to ear and you know it is that childlike joy isn't it of you know when we were kids you know uh, you know shells stones sand you know beautiful you know uh, it will keep our attention for ages and then we get to a point where we just don't even notice those things and it's it's like it's like we're discovering the world again it is, yeah. And I've always thought that like finding that childhood joy in stuff is just the best way to be in general. Like even when I was drinking, I would try and emulate that. I mean, it didn't go very well most of the time, but you know, I always would just try and find stuff to be excited about in like everyday life. And like I now that I'm not having like the veil of depression and hangovers all the time, like I'm actually embracing that fully. And it's, it's like a whole new, like you said, like a whole new world, which is awesome. And um, the, the, uh, that happiness, like you said, like you can, people see it, like it's, it's contagious. And uh, I, I'm not like one of the people who beats people over the head with my sobriety, like don't drink, like you'll feel better if you don't, you know, but, if people find out about it, they genuinely are really curious. And um, I had a friend in town, uh, it was the week of my birthday, and he, like, that's all he wanted to ask me about. Like, I hadn't seen him in a few years, and, like, I'm like, how are you? And he's like, so you haven't drank for six months? Like, let's talk about that. And he just wanted to know, he's like, so what do you do when this happens, or what do you do that? I'm like, well, I, you know, I talk to people, I do Zooms, I you know I, I have an app I use and stuff like that and it was just really cool to to talk to someone who 
who wants to even start thinking about it you know and like like it's kind of like infectious the happiness that you find it's really neat yeah yeah because you kind of want it for everybody don't you once you find it you, you want everybody to feel how how we feel now um mm-hmm. and for people listening yes we, we do get our bad days too you know there are the bad mm-hmm. days that come um so if you're having bad days you're you're not alone but when when we're happy there is a genuine happiness and joy that that I haven't I don't know about you but I haven't felt it for years years same yeah I actually have like it's still weird to me it's getting less weird but if I watch like a show or if I see something funny like I will like belly laugh at stuff now like it's genuine like I'm not forcing it like I just really think stuff is funny and when I was drinking all the time I would just be like "Huh, okay you know like I would be like that's that's not that whatever but now it's just like it just like bubbles out of me like out of nowhere and the same same with kind of like like sadness and like crying and stuff I've never been a big crier in my whole life like I'm very typically emotionally repressed (laughs) part of that comes from healthcare working and part of that comes from my upbringing but um but like I find myself just like watching stuff and I'll be like oh my god like my eyes are watering like what is this this is weird (laughs) but it's good though because that's how it should be you should be this ball of emotion like things should just feel real rather than numb all the time and it's it's still new but I really like it so far (laughs) yeah yeah I mean emotions are there for a reason there's nothing wrong with emotions we just sort of trained ourselves that there was or they're uncomfortable mm-hmm. and we couldn't cope with them but but yeah I, I've been getting a lot of that dampness lately as well because of all the milestones people have been hitting you know <laughs> just, but there's that joy for the people isn't there when as well when other people get it and it's just just amazing but, mm-hmm. but it's okay to feel angry it's okay to feel sad it's okay to cry you know it's um it's cathartic it's good to have a good cry um, and and you talked about um connecting as well you know you talked about this friend and you you said to him about what you do when when you find it difficult and um so you're on the iron saber app yeah. um and you're on discord as well discord as well aren't you admin on discord mm-hmm. yeah, yeah so do you want to say a bit about that so people know a bit more sure sure i discord is basically just like a chat room app essentially it's like whatsapp or telegram or anything like that um it's just a little more organized uh so like there you can join you make like a profile like you do on everything else and um if you join the server that i'm on um there's different like like channels um so you it's not just one long chat like it's divided into different chat rooms so like each room has its own topic so like if you want to just look at inspirational pictures people have posted you can go to that room or you know that we have a channel that's just for food for people who like to eat and cook so you can go look at food and there's one for like podcasts and um books and music and stuff like that and so it's just we don't always use it for like strictly support, but it's there, um, which I think for me anyway, has been like a game changer. Just knowing if I am faced with like a moment where I feel really weak and I feel really depressed and I think I might drink, then all I have to do is get on my phone and message this group and I'll have like instant help, like instant, which I think for anyone who's in recovery, that's being able to have people you trust and you can contact immediately rather than like on IAS, just waiting for a comment, you know, 
um, I think that's a big important thing. So that's that's what Discord does for me anyway, because it's I have people on there that you know I can just go on and say help me, <laughs> and they've done that for like for themselves too. So um, it's just another security blanket, I guess, of making sure that you have connections and ways to to divert yourself from ending up drinking yeah so so i guess you just is, is it on the app store is it an app in the app store you yeah just it's stop? free yeah, mm -hmm. yeah it's yeah. just discord d-i-s-c-o-r-d and um the thing is you have to be invited to the room um mm -hmm. you can't just like search for it like someone who's already in the server has to invite you but um if anyone on ias like ever wants to join i actually will probably just post an invite link after i'm done here now that we're talking about it um but uh, yeah, you, you will have to have the app and you will have to make an account, but it's all free and you just join and a bunch of people are on there. Um, like Dad Life, Dan is on there, um, Kepler's on there, um, several other people in our group um, are on there too. So, uh, but yeah, anyone's welcome to, and it's just a bunch of people trying to help each other and stay sober. That's all it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there's that. And then we've got obviously the Iron Sober app for people that don't know is also a free app. Um, mm -hmm. And there's a great community on there that we can post and share. And I think I've started doing some small groups. You can do small groups in there now. That's a new feature, isn't it, as well mm -hmm. on there. Um, there's also the Annie Grace community as well. Mm -hmm. um, this Naked Mind community. And myself and Polly have small ladies groups as well um that people can come into but to come into those you do need to be on i am saber and you do need to sort of um let us know your milestone and who you are just so for security purposes so we can check that out and make it a safe area because it is a women's they are small women's only groups so lots of resources out there um and obviously the sober town podcast there's some great resources on there now um you know uh so some great stuff on there for people to look at as well Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's part of, isn't it, as well, paying it back. You spoke briefly in your podcast about paying it back. And um, I, I think, does that help with your sobriety, do you think, to pay it back? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, there's that notion of, you know, you become better at a subject by teaching it. Like if, if you are good at something, then it's something that you should be able to like communicate and teach to others. And so I feel like that applies to sobriety too not necessarily that I'm teaching but like I'm I'm relaying the skills that I have learned to other people like in in their moments where they need help and um Raul actually from our community has a, a saying that I really like it's uh, give freely what was freely given to us so I'm I'm just kind of giving what everyone else gave me in the beginning because I was a lost little soul <laughs> on day zero in IAS and like all these people just kind of descended on me and adopted me <laughs> into the community. So I just want to be able to do that for other people if if they want it. So yeah yeah and, and, and that is it you know and people often sort of thank us for what we do but it's important for people to know that it helps us and everything we do it it helps everybody as well so okay and and oh tattoo that's what's been taught to you about your tattoo yeah, yeah. so tell us yeah. a bit about okay so i have four tattoos already but they're small they're like these two inch ones i have two on my one on each wrist and one on each ankle so but uh the most recent one i got was when i was 21 so it's been 12 years now since i've gotten a tattoo um 
And I always told myself that I, I mean, I had some ideas over the years of what I would want in the future, but I never had a reason strong enough to get one. Like I, I wanted to have like a big, some, something important in my life to commemorate or honor, like in the form of a tattoo on myself. And I guess over the last however many years, I just didn't feel like I had anything that important. I mean, I'm sure I could have if, if I considered a few things here and there, but um, it, it just like hit me one day. Like I was just getting dressed in the morning and just kind of thinking and waking up and having coffee and like this, this whole design and um, like what it would mean to me just like just slammed into my head. And it's like, yes, <laughs> I'm going to do this. So I just got out my sketch pad and I kind of did a rough drawing of how I wanted it to look. And, um, and then I, I did some research. I posted on my Facebook page, uh, just like, Hey, does anyone know any tattoo artists that are really good around my area? You know? And one of my coworkers actually, um, she has several tattoos from this studio, not the same artist I found, but the place where they both work. And she's like, yeah, I've been here a few times. They're really great. You know, they're quality and, um, like I recommend them highly so I found a guy he's in in Orlando which is like half an hour from me and um I'm going on Thursday and today's Monday so it's in three days for my first session he estimated it will take up to three sessions um it'll kind of depend on how long I'm willing to sit there um because he wants he scheduled me from 11 a.m to 5 p.m so (laughs) I don't know if I can stand doing that the entire time um but it's going to be on my right shoulder and it's almost like a half sleeve like it'll be like the majority of my upper right arm and a little bit onto my chest and a little bit onto my back and um it's going to be uh, a really fiery vibrant phoenix um yeah and it's gonna be like it's it's situated where it looks like it's resting on my shoulder um so it's it's and it's gonna be kind of like hugging me with its wings so like there's gonna be one wing going around on my chest and like the other will wrap around in my back and then its head will kind of be like right here in my shoulder like it's looking out at me like a little friend (laughs) you know so um I just thought I've always been fascinated by like mythology and fantasy genres and stuff and um and just fire like anything like fire elemental in general I actually one of the four tattoos I have already is a miniature phoenix on my Mm -hmm. right ankle so um it's like but it's not anything detailed or anything it's like just a very basic design so um I was like oh well I'm just gonna take that design and make it like 10 times cooler (laughs) up here on my shoulder so um, I'm excited to see what he is going to do because um, he's I gave him my rough draft and he's going to turn it into this like whole design that's going to go on me so I'm going to see all that Thursday and if I like everything then well we'll go for it and I'm really excited because uh, I got actually kind of emotional when I was explaining it to my brother and his wife the other day and um, it it's kind of like a way for me to tell myself that no matter what happens in the future, like if, if I have a really bad day where I mess up or, you know, if I have a streak of depression or something or something really bad happens in my life um, and I go back to drinking, or even if it's not drinking, if, if just something else that gets me really down happens too, like I can, I can look back on this and be like, I, that time is still valid. The time that I had in my recovery and 
up until this point where I'm talking to you is it, it matters. And it's, it's like that way of honoring it and permanently <laughs> because this has been a life-changing year this past year. And this is like making sure that I always remember that for myself. So. Yeah. I, and, and what a great summary of transitions I mean to have a phoenix you know the phoenix does it all doesn't it you know? yeah and I thought that phoenix, was appropriate yeah, yeah. And it obviously means a lot to you because you're sort of you know quite emotionally explaining and, and I know talking. I know again the crying like I'm like why is this happening like this is it's just kind of well like comes out on its own now it's weird <laughs> because it means stuff it's deep meaning isn't it it means so much to us um and you know we were probably it's just so nice to be feeling and not be blinkered anymore and to, mm -hmm. to actually know what life truly is about now so yeah yeah, um, it's yeah. yeah. so any plans coming up forward plans coming up what's what's happening sort of with with borders and things between america and australia at the moment yeah yeah so just for visiting travel normal purposes that's still not the thing you can't do that between here and Australia um but the good news is that um the um visa that I had sent into the U.S. Center for Immigration um for him it's called the K-1 visa it's like the visa that says okay you can move here but you have to be married in 90 days <laughs> like that whole show 90 day fiance that's essentially what that's about um but it takes uh six to eight months to process that thing. And um, it was received in December by the government. So this is month six. So wow. we, could, we could hear as soon as this month or we could hear as late as August or they say like 3% of the cases take longer than six to eight months. So hopefully I'm not in that 3%. So um, yeah, like the, between now and August, it's it's going to be kind of exciting because it won't mean that he can immediately move here but that'll at least be another step in the process like because he's going to have to do some stuff on his end for Australia and like that stuff but that it won't be nearly as long of a waiting period as it has been so so yeah like if everything goes like I hope probably by the end of the year I will actually have my fiance in the country in person like which has not happened since February of 2020 thank you COVID so yeah yeah that's a really cool thing to look forward to for sure yeah so so happy plans happy plans and um, more progress everything's blooming and uh, yeah we're making progress one day at a time one day at a time exactly okay well, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and seeing you you were so gorgeous Kirna. I love you thank you you too and um, I'm grinning my, my cheeks are actually aching <laughs> I know they're so gonna get stuck like this <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, it's been wonderful and um hopefully we can do it again soon yeah totally okay right bye bye for now all right see ya bye